And verse number... Uh, hmm. Well, we'll start with verse 1. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And so uh, we're on page page two. And so we're continuing from the, the, the consolations of Christ on page one, but we're on page two and on letter G, which is look not every man, verse four, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So we started this before and uh, just to read it real quick. This is the, this is Christ's transformation at work in us changing the natural tendency of man to primarily put himself first, to put in the needs of others before himself, seeking Christ's people to be uplifted instead of lifting, him, lifting himself up. And so last week we talked a great deal about uh, Philipp- uh, Ephesians chapter 4 in, um, in talking about the old man, how he seeks his own benefit. The new man seeks the benefit of others, and that's, of course, through Christ and through his grace and power and, uh, and his work in our lives. And so uh, I have this thought that I wanted to add to that before we finish that is uh, that it's the in our lives, it's the worship and glory of God first and preeminently in our lives. (laughs) So we don't put the serving and ministering to other people before worshiping God. And it's very important that, you know, and, and listen, in the Christian life, you put the Lord at the place of preeminence and he helps everything else fall into place. It's when we get out of that order, that's when we get into problems. So the glory of God and the need and blessing of others is uh, what we're looking at. So Matthew chapter 6, and this is a a verse I I refer to a lot, but Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And that's why, while we're here, we need to be seeking, get God be glorified. You know, that's, that's our place as people who have received the mercy and the grace of God into our lives, receiving Jesus Christ is our place to glor- seek his glory as we walk through this world. And uh, and and I, I as I hear you guys often say and how I so, so often feel myself, I need God's help because in me there's nothing but weakness and there's nothing but 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 selfishness and frailty. And so I need God's help day by day to be the person that he wants me to be. And so uh, moving on to number one here in your notes is uh, underneath that is becoming like Christ will cause us to grow to being so like him that we would lay down, lay our life down for our brethren. And again, I, I don't know how I imagine that you guys are like me in the sense that I, you know, I, I, I want God to do that in my life. I want him to make me into the image of his son. And that's what we should all desire. But, um, you know, to anyway, let me just go ahead and read. <laughs> it's here in your notes. John 15, verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And I have this note about that, that Christ laid down his life for his enemies. It's a very important thought that you not lose sight of that. The Lord Jesus says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And that's what we are to do. We are to love, love each other. And even love the world. We are to, to the Bible says that, John, that Jesus uh, that uh, uh, said in John chapter three, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we are to love and to reach out to the world as well. But I wanted to uh, make mention of this because in uh, Romans chapter five, I can barely read my own writing here, but Romans chapter five in verse six, 
It says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And so I I like mentioning this in reference to this thought of being transformed into his likeness. And in doing so, God, we will grow in him to the point where we will love like he loves and we will seek to lift others up like he did. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so thankful for the truth that as recorded in the Bible that the Lord Jesus was so concerned with the needs of others that he did not have a place to lay his head. He did not make plans about the future. He simply lived literally day to day, moment to moment, meal to meal. All the things that, that just primarily just take over our minds. I got to have I got to have a lot of people aren't satisfied with six months of preps and <laughs> And meals and and the future and 401ks. Listen, folks, people fall apart if they don't have all those things laid out into the future. And the Lord Jesus Christ literally lived not only day by day, but truly moment by moment. And I just think about the fact that the tax man came to Peter and said, does your master pay taxes? <laughs> you know, you know, I so sympathize with Peter. <laughs> and he said, yes, you know, and he came to the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus stopped him at the door. And anyway, he uh, he told Peter to go throw a line and uh, and catch a fish. And, and there was a piece of money. I want to say it was a piece of gold, but whatever it was, he paid both Peter's and and the Lord's taxes with that. And uh, and so, listen, again, God does not worry about the future. It's all in his hands, all of it. You know, our, our, our immediate cares and things like that. Our place is to put him first, that place of preeminence and not worry about the details, not worry about, well, you know, and, and this, listen, back in, we just read this, but Matthew chapter six in uh, verse, uh, okay, so let's start in verse uh, 31. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now listen, it is the normal, natural frame of mind to think, i got to worry about this. I need to take care of these things. The Lord Jesus is specifically saying, don't worry about this. And again, it's transformative. It is absolutely a new paradigm for people to not worry about their needs, about their on-earth needs. And he specifies, what shall we eat (laughs) or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? The basic requirements, necessities of life. God says, don't worry about it. Seek first his kingdom. Let me just go ahead and read that and then we'll get to Barbara. uh, Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye need have need of these things. Of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, listen, folks, God is faithful. He has never, 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 never dropped the ball. He has never failed to take care of his people. Miss Barbara. Uh, that's one of the issues <clears throat> my son is having. He's worried about, is my son going to get a chance to live? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I tell him, look, you need to, you need to realize that it's God's will. Right. 
you can't find it, and it's not like at the end, it's not like let's make a deal. There's no deals. Right. But the thing is that I, that I also told him, I said, you know, you're worried about this, you're worried about that, you're worried about next year, you're worried about, you're going to get to the end of your life and realize you never lived in the moment. Right. You never enjoyed the, the blessings that you have every single day. Yes, everybody has adversity, everybody has illness, everybody mm. has something. But um, I also told him, I said, here's, here's a little saying. Worrying actually does work because everything you worried about never came true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and the thing is, I think that I, I, I think most of us, maybe, maybe all of us, I don't know, um, we seem bent towards worrying, you know, worrying and fretting about, about things that may never come to pass. And, in, and regardless of whether it comes to pass or not, God's grace is sufficient. And that's the thing. And, 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 and I, again, I, I can't say how many other people are like me, but the thing is, I always know God is God. I believe his promises are true, everyone. But I still got this flesh and this flesh. It wants the answers right laid out in front of me. And listen, that's not faith. If you got it right in front of you and see it with your eyes, that's not faith. But it is faith to say, God will take care of me. God, I'll just obey God and I'll let him worry about it. That's, that's very much at the crux of what we're talking about. Obey God. Let him worry about taking care of you. And that's not to say you shouldn't do your best or shouldn't, you know, make your plans and, and do the best you can. But listen, and I'm being very hypocritical. I'll just, I'm just, because <laughs> I worry a lot. <laughs> I worry about all kinds of things. And I often, you know, get to the end of a, of a thought and I, no, I got to lay that in God's hands because that's what he said to do. Cast all of your cares upon him. For he careth for you. And listen, God is, God is able to meet our needs without worrying. He doesn't worry. God, you know, there is no, a, no way in which you can ever see in the Bible that God worries or frets or wrings his hands about the future. He does not. The, the entire future is laid out before him. He is outside of time. The minutia of our life, he knows it better than we do. And he does not worry. So our place is to put it in his hands and trust him about it. Miss Mary? Right, and that can be very difficult yeah. because we have that propensity. And my dear mother, I loved her dearly, but she was the first class uh, worry person mm-hmm. on earth. She just everything went, you know, while yeah. I'm thinking about this. Well, yeah. I was young, so I couldn't tell my mom, "Don't think about that." <laughs> but when she got, you know, when I matured and so forth, and then I took my Christianity seriously, I told her, I said, "You're just." Doing something you don't have to do. Yeah. God's gonna, he's got it all mapped out for us. It's that we have to just trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy Amen. with Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. And you know, it's a good thought too that, you know, my worries might seem like they're not that much to worry about to you. And that's, that's kind of a good thing in the sense that I can lean on you. And, and, you know, we can lean on each other and hold each other up. We're meant to do that. I was just thinking as Ms. Bear was talking, you know, how worry is kind of like a big stove and you can keep throwing stuff in it <laughs> and you can keep throwing stuff in it. And, and all you're doing is feeding the flames. And we're really we are not to be about that. We are not to be living like that. And uh, and, and really our place is to because worry, in a sense, I, I don't know, this is what I've always thought of myself a lot of times. Worry, in a sense, is an absence of faith, you know, and, and, and again, I, you know, it's never a point in my heart that I wonder whether or not God can take care of me. That's never in my mind. It's just that I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> John. Um, uh, the 
book that I read a number of years ago um, asked the question, uh, can I trust God? Mm -hmm. And it's not, can I trust God? It's, can I trust God? Um, because he's trustworthy. Amen. But I have to be willing to believe that whatever he allows, right. whatever he allows. There's some purpose to it. And, and those can be really hard things. Yeah. And, you know, Elijah, Elijah was used of God. He was an Old Testament prophet, a mighty man of God, used by God greatly. And there's, there's many things about Elijah. He's, he's a very important example of literally day by day, living moment by moment, meal by meal. You know, God told him, you know, he told him to, to tell uh, King Ahab, you know, there will be no, no water, no, no, no even uh, dew upon the earth. And without God saying so, and then he disappeared. He hid himself. And God told him, go hide yourself by the brook Cherith. And so he stayed there until the water ran dry in the brook. And uh, But the ravens came and fed him every meal, you know, and brought him whatever they brought him to eat. And and listen, that my point is, is that his he never went without eating. And, and my, I, I, here's where I'm going with that. Great man of God that Elijah was. And, and listen, God led that to the day where there is that great confrontation between the between Elijah and and his God and Ahab and Jezebel and and uh, Baal and uh, and Ashtaroth and all these false gods and there are 450 prophets. So there's this great confrontation uh, confrontation and it's such an extraordinary thing to read in the Bible. And the way it ends is with God bringing rain upon the earth, a rain that uh, was with black clouds. And so uh, the way that ended though with was Jezebel's threat. You know, this really wicked woman, I mean, an insanely evil woman, <laughs> and she sent message, may the gods do so to me and more also if I do not make your life like one of theirs, the 450 prophets that they slew at the end of the, of the, of the conversation. If I don't make your life like one of theirs by this time tomorrow, the Bible says that he ran. And I, I, I say that to say that Elijah was also human. And listen, Satan has seen, he's seen each one of us. Coming along in humanity, he knows he knows how to shake bread up. He knows how to shake every one of you up. And listen, we are to take our weaknesses and our frailties and cast them on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, listen, there is nothing that Satan can throw, cannot throw at us that he is not up to. He is up to everything. Listen, the greatest battle has ever been fought has already been won. The war has been won. It was settled on the cross of Calvary. Everything short of salvation, listen, it's not something we should fret about. And everything is short of that. Everything is, Barbara. Isn't it true that, okay, God already knows what it's like to be human because he sent Jesus. Yeah. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Amen. Yeah. Sweating blood. Yeah, and... and and that's that's a wonderful example, too. I mean, he, the Bible says he sweat great drops of blood. He prayed twice. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And I listen, I, I, I cannot speak to all of that. All I know is that it is very important for us to understand he has been where we are. And, and the truth is, is you and I cannot possibly have anything that Jesus has not been through far worse than. And so the point is, is just like the Bible says in Hebrews, he is a faithful high priest. And thank God he is our God. He is able to hear our prayers, everyone. And, you know, thank thank God for this. There is nothing that you can bring to God. He can say that's stupid. Don't you dare. Don't don't bring that up to me. That's such a small thing for you to worry about. How dare you? He never responds in that way. 
Listen, I have not been the perfect father. (laughs) But listen, God is the perfect father. The Lord Jesus Christ is the perfect high priest. He is the perfect uh, intercessor. And Brother Albie? Right. I come here and I listen and other people's problems are a lot greater than what I've done. Right. And I go, God, thank you for this being this much. I he only gives us so much we can bear. Right. So my when I look at it in that perspective it's like I'm good this Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We yeah, we all are. And yeah. it, it just when I hear some of the struggles of people going through, I go, Oh Lord, thank you that I don't go through that. Yeah. Because I don't know how I deal with that. Right. And like this gentleman here and his mom, or his wife I mean, I'm sorry, my mom had to make sure I see how it affected her and how it affected us. And so it gives me really good reason to pray for him and help Amen. in that situation because I know I've been there right. seen it and so I pray earnestly for you in your, your decisions and what to do and how to do it and stuff God knows how to take care mm-hmm. of it when my mom got ready to pass and she held on, held on and Cass said to her the last time we went up there she says she whispered to her, Mom you don't have to hold on for us couldn't even see, you know, what she's thinking, but we knew that she was just existing, but she was holding on for us. Mm. And and so it was okay, let go 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 be with God. You don't you don't have to worry about us, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so God knows how to take care of those situations. Yes he does. I can't see it. I can't see it. I I go there and visit and I go one day she took my hand and says, thank you for coming to see me. You didn't know who it was. You're, you're a nice guy. Thanks for coming to see me. And just, man, yeah. it breaks your heart. But, yeah. you know, she's mom. Yeah. She's mom. She's, Amen. You know, and so God bless her in a way to bless us. Amen. So it's all good. Yeah. God's got it. God's got grace. And I think it's, I think it's good for us to, I think it's fine for us to say, Lord, just give me grace. Give me, give me the ability just to hold on and trust in you. It's Barbara and then Miss Mary. And I think human human nature keeps making us want to focus in on my problems, whereas God <laughs> tells us to put him in that focus place and also other people before ourselves. 
And I think that we would bear under the weight of things so much better if we put other people's burdens, you know, before our own. Miss Mary. Uh, just to say that um, several of my friends, their loved ones, their, you know, parents have been passing. Right. And um, they shared this, uh, which I think is very interesting. You all probably already know this, but it was news to me. Um, your dad or your mom has suffered, they've got cancer or they've got whatever and your heart is broken that yeah. they're passing on but there's a point in that before they really pass that you as the adult child um, can say, dad it's okay you can go home to be yeah. with the Lord and every time from these people that I've talked to, every time they've said that, it's like there's a release, mm. and within seconds, the father, you know, down here, mm. not up there, right. uh, this father just takes them home. Mm. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, praise the Lord. He's, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so don't forget to give that out to your parents if they're on their deathbed and there's no recovery that mm. you see. Sort of yeah, our, our lives are in his hands, that's for yes. sure. So I have one more thing to share with you about this thought of, you know, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And um, and the fact that Christ laid down his life for his enemies. I want to want you guys to see this in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. A lot of you are going to be familiar with this, but Luke chapter 10, verse 30. <clears throat> but such an extraordinary picture. Um, so let me let me start in verse uh, 25 and behold a certain lawyer stood up and tempted tempted him saying master what shall i do to inherit eternal life he said unto him what is written in the law how readest thou and he answering said thou thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself and he he said unto him thou hast answered right this do and thou shalt live <laughs> can you imagine that reading <laughs> love the lord with all thy heart thy mind thy soul thy strength and thy neighbor is thyself and he said yes that's right do this and you shall live <laughs> none of us can do that obviously that's the point we're getting at but verse 29 but he willing to justify himself said unto jesus and who is my neighbor verse 30 and Jesus answering uh, said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that went uh, a priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto them, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, unto, and he, said he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. And the Lord Jesus in that passage, he, he was teaching so many things. There's so much depth to this parable that he shared. But one very important thing that, that, that applies to what we're talking about is that Samaritan would not have been a, 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 a person who was uh, open to being a friend of the person who fell among thieves. And yet he pulled him out. 
He bound up his wounds. He poured in oil and wine. He put him on his own beast. He carried him to an inn. And uh, and then uh, the next day he gave money of his own. And he said, take care of him. And if you spend anything more, then I will pay you when I return. And of course, <laughs> what's so moving about this is that the Lord Jesus did something akin to that when he rescued us. Because, listen, just like we read there in Romans 5, listen, we were enemies. We were enemies by sin. We were enemies by being selfish, carnal creatures. And yet the Lord Jesus, he came and he laid down his life to save sinners, which includes the most heinous and worst of humanity from the from Adam and Eve all the way to the last man before the Lord Jesus uh, wraps everything up. Listen, he paid for all sins and now there is nothing hindering any person from receiving the gift of eternal life. And listen, the point that I'm making is the Lord Jesus did what the Samaritan did here and far, far greater to the point where none of us can understand the debt that he paid and how much it cost him. You know, there at the cross, the Bible says that the father and the son were separated for the first time in all of eternity. The father and the son were separated. The father turned away. He turned away from his son who was being judged as my sins. Listen, the point that we're trying to get at here is that the Lord Jesus laid down his life for his enemies and he loved us. He loved us and he was willing to do this to save us from our sins. Real quick, brother. Albie. The other thing we might be missing too is he said to the host, take care of him yeah. until I come back. Mm-hmm. And when I come back, I'll repay you. Yeah. Amen. So that's the parallel of Jesus. Yeah. And the Lord Jesus is coming back. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by the way, how, how should that person who has fallen among thieves and uh, how should he feel about that Samaritan? <laughs> you know, Miss Mary talking to your sister. Anytime we, you know, may God help us that the truth of who he is be conveyed. Amen. He's not just a religious figure. Has how much of the world sees Jesus as a religious figure? He's not a religious figure. He is the savior, the one who took my sins. I am the man that was in the ditch. And then there's a picture in Ezekiel, and we won't turn there for time, but, you know, there's a a child, a babe, you know, uh, laying in the field in its own blood, cast aside. And the Bible says that he passing by looked on and he said, live to that child. And he being God, he can speak life, you know, And, and listen, God is able to rescue us from from sin, from darkness and our from everything from our greatest of needs to the smallest of needs. He says, cast it all upon him. And listen, that's our God. And that's why that's why we're here today to worship him and to to fellowship one with another and to encourage each other and to share one another's burdens. That's why we're here. We're not here just to practice religion. We're here to worship him and praise him again, like that person that the Samaritan brought up out of the ditch and took care of him at great personal cost. You know, that should change. That should change the way he saw that man, the way he saw that, that the Samaritan. And uh, that's that's what we need to convey to the world around us, that he is a loving God and a loving savior. And he is a king who's coming back again. So uh, we'll go ahead and stop right there. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for Lord, being able to share, Lord, how good you are, how faithful you are. And Lord, I pray that you help us, Lord, in the midst of our, our troubles and our 
are things that give us a, a weight on our heart and our mind. Please help us, Lord, to carry them to you, put them in your hands and trust you that you will take care of them and help us to seek first your kingdom and to seek your righteousness and let us uh, trust you for everything else. We thank you for everyone here today. We thank you for uh, the coming hour. We pray for your blessing on Dr. Forrester. He'd uh, share your word exactly as you'd have it and have us to we pray to help us to have open hearts and minds and to receive all that you have for us, that you teach each one of us what we need to hear and help us to uh, be changed into the people you want us to be. Bless in this, in this day that we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you.